5, and the verse is 4. And the Gospel of John is one that was written to, to testify to its readers and uh, to the hearers that, that, that Jesus indeed was the Son of the living God. That is the focus of the Gospel of John. And here in John chapter 5, we come and we read about a certain event that was taking place. And here in John chapter 5, we read that after this, there was a feast of Jews, of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, Bethesda having five porches. Now, these porches really, uh, according to scripture, were uh, uh, sheep gates. The Bible reads in Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1, that uh, Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they built the sheep gate, and they sanctified it, and set up the doors of it. Even unto the tower of Mia, they, they, uh, Mihah, they sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. So you had these sheep gates, and the sheep gates were the, 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 the entrances into the kingdom. So when, when, when or, or into the city. So when, uh, when, when uh, people wanted, when they wanted to come in or uh, to, uh, to, uh, um, to come to, to worship or to come to visit into the city, the sheep would come through the gate. And as they came through the gate, the people would count them to make sure they accounted for each one of their sheep. And so they would count for the sheep. The sheep would be inside with them where there was safety. And so now here at the city, they have five of these porches. And there are five places where the sheep can come in uh, to, be with, to be with their masters. And, and in turn be protected by the city and their masters. And so then it says, in these lay a great multitude or of impotent folk, a blind halt, withered, uh, waiting for the moving of the water. So now uh, sheep, if you will, uh, if we read in scripture how, how, how we are uh, compared to sheep. We are compared to sheep in, in, in John chapter 10. Uh, God talks about those, his sheep hear his voice and they, and they follow him. The uh, Bible says in Isaiah 53, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Now see, when you go astray, there's, there, there's, a, a, there, there's a, 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 a consequence for going astray. See, when, they go, when we go astray, we go astray from the shepherd. When we go astray from the shepherd, we go astray from the, the protection and the provisions of the shepherd. Because you read that in Isaiah 53, Jesus was the good shepherd. Uh, John chapter 10, he says that all who came before me were thieves. They came to steal. They came to destroy. Matter of fact, when the wolf came, when fear came, when danger came, they left. But he said a true shepherd will give his life for his sheep. He'll lay down his life for his sheep. And we've talked about it before, that when a shepherd leads his sheep around, and when he brings them to a place to rest, he'll build, he'll build a pen for them, and he'll build, a, and he'll build a, 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 a gate for them, or a door, about waist high. But there'll be no door, because the door is going to be the shepherd himself. And the shepherd places himself between his sheep and danger, his sheep and death. So if the wolf is going to come in and snatch the sheep, they have to come across the shepherd. Jesus, being the true shepherd, says, if anybody's going to take one of mine, they've got to come through me first. See the importance of wanting to be in Jesus? But then if somebody's going to leave, if they're going to leave Jesus, they also have to, they have to go through the shepherd. They have to make a conscious decision to walk away from his protection and his provisions. And see, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that he's provided all that we need. 
He knows what we need. And we shouldn't sit there and want for the things that the world wants because Gentiles do that. You focus on my voice and trusting me is what he says there. Right? So if sheep, we go astray. And we go astray when we leave the correct teaching and correct leading of the Lord, then we find ourselves in a place of sin. And if we find ourselves in sin, the Bible says in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, sin separates us from God. Then Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin are death. Which is why Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6, 1 through 4, how can we continue in sin? How can we continue in sin? And say, grace may abound. God forbid. God doesn't want us to continue in sin. You know why? Because sin has a deadly effect. Sin, just like any other illness that you get or you contract, it'll render you in a way that you're not as strong as you once were. You're not as sharp as you once were. You're not as focused as you once were. Fatigue sets in, and then before you know it, you start to fall away and you start to falter. And you go from being potent, the word being meaning powerful, to being impotent, meaning useless or powerless. So when we allow sin to remain in our lives, we, we render ourselves useless, powerless, to the most important one we know, which is Jesus, which is God Almighty. See, because there's many purposes that God has for us. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are members in particular. And everybody has a purpose. But you can't serve your purpose because, see, all the, all the attributes and gifts were given by the, same, by the same giver, which is God, for one purpose, which was to glorify Christ and draw others to him for salvation. Does that make sense? So, so the thing is, see, see, we have God, he's drawing the sheep in. And he's drawing the sheep in by his word. And Jesus says, no man can come to the Father but by me. And we know according to John chapter 1 that Jesus was the Logos. He is the word, the embodiment of the word, God's will here on earth. So we came to, to bring men, to teach men, to bring them to peace and safety in the Lord. In himself, in his own body. So then we read on, and it says that, that, that see, in each one of these porches, like I told you, sheep, are, this is where the sheep come in, right? Now notice what's laying there. What's laying there is a bunch of people. Now people are laying in the sheep gate, just like people. Like <coughs> sheep. Now all these sheep that are laying there have gone astray. They've gone astray. They've gone into their own ways. They've, be, they've become victim of their ways. Anybody know what that means? They've become a victim of your own ways. You ever become a victim of your own bad attitude? You ever become a victim of your own, of your, let's say, um, need, need to be informed no, nose? Of your own nosiness? You ever been a victim of your own gossip? Oh, nasty, you can sit there and talk about folk and then the same thing you say, somebody ain't been doing the same thing to you? See, sometimes we can become victims of our own, we could become victims of our own choice. The Bible says what you reap. Will be what you sow. Ain't no such thing as karma. God said what you reap is what you sow. Amen. So if you reap a nasty attitude, you're going to reap that at some point. 
if you put out their bad reports about folks, at some point, you're going to be the victim of somebody's bad report, whether it's true or not. Huh? The Bible tells us over in Titus that we should live quiet lives, keep our faces in our own work and work in peace. Right? So, so you got people here who have been, uh, who have been they're, they're walking around, they're impotent, they're blind, they're halt. They're people who think they see, but don't really see. Hmm? They're people who think they see the truth and know the way, but because they don't know Jesus, they don't really know. Now, they might know some scripture, but do they know Jesus? Because there's a difference between knowing scripture and knowing Jesus. You can know scripture, quote scripture, but it doesn't mean you know it. Because when you use the word know, it's an intimate word, meaning to be one with him. And there's only one way to become one with Jesus. Right? So then he goes on, he says, now, now, look here, he says, he said, they're waiting for the moving of the water. Now, uh, uh, in scripture, water represents a lot of different things. Sometimes, if you've ever, I know I got some fishermen in here, right? This is Marlene. Got some fishermen in here. Folks, you sometimes they like to go down to the water. Sometimes when it's when it's early in the morning and nothing is stirring, and they like to sit, and you can see how placid the water is. Anybody ever seen that before? Just how placid it is. Nothing is stirring. And see, when you look in the water, you can see your own reflection. See, sometimes in scripture, see, water represents those reflective moments in life. Those contemplative moments. When you have to come down and you have to contemplate, look at your own self. James chapter 1 says you ought to look into the perfect law of liberty. If you want to see what you really look like, you look in this book and see what you really look like spiritually. So it's like you come down to that water and you see your own reflection and you see what's going on with you. Right? Just like you go to the mirror and you wake up in the morning. We talk about it all the time. You don't wake up in the morning and walk right out the door, do you? I hope not. Because <laughs> if you do, that's You better stop by that mirror and see what sleep has put on your face and separate it from your, from your bricks, right? Because you might offend somebody from the sleep or do some things to you. Between you and that pillow, it's rough. When morning comes, you know when you've had a good sleep, one eye still closed, breathing out one side of your nostril. You're like, ooh, that was a good one, right? So you go look in that mirror to make sure that, 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 that you have the, 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 the inner benefits of sleep, but you're not wearing the outer benefits of sleep. Right? Make sure I got a clean countenance, my face. You know, like my children used to say, huh, huh, brush your teeth and wash your face. Wash your face and brush your teeth. You got to stop by the mirror all the time, right? So you look in this Bible, you look in this Bible, and this Bible says, brush your teeth and wash your face. But do it from the inside first. Huh? Right? So that is something that's drawing these people. You know what's drawing these people? See, what's drawing them is what they've heard about Jesus. How do I know? Because if we go back to John chapter 4, and we pick up reading right there in, 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 in uh, about verse 46, it says, So Jesus came again into Canaan in Galilee, where he made water into wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And, and when he had heard that Jesus come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye signs and wonders, ye will not believe. 
The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believeth the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he, and, and as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Right? And he said, Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. They said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he, when he was come out of Judea. And notice what the next verse says, And after this was a feast. So you know, word got around. People heard. See, and notice what it's saying there. The thing that caused that man's son to be healed was the fact that his daddy that his son was, because his daddy believed. That word believe means he trusted. He trusted the word of the Lord. Huh? He said, I just need you to come down. He says, don't worry about it. See, God, see, Jesus has an ability. He can see what no other can see. He can see the true condition of your heart. What heart am I talking about? I'm talking about this one. He can see how you really think. He knows where all your thoughts come from. He knows what your motives truly are. He knows why you're following him. And he perceived that this man had come to him with full acceptance of whatever he was going to say. You know why? Because the man heard about Jesus. Amen. And he heard about what he did. Right? You know, that's why you can't be saved without hearing the word of God. Huh? The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. Romans chapter 10. And hearing by the word of God. <laughs> so, so you've got an issue in your life. Nobody can do anything for his baby. Nobody can do anything for a son. He said, I've been everywhere and nobody can do a thing for my son. But I heard that you had some power. Huh? And I just believe that if you say it, it'll be so. And when he went to him, he said it, and it was so. And then Jesus, see, Jesus, so then he was like, hold on, man, I gotta check this out. If anybody could walk around and say, oh, you don't believe me, Google me. Jesus do. And when he got down there, he said, "Give me time. What time did he start to get better? Well, the seventh hour. He was like, oh, no, that's right what I asked him. Of course. Hmm. Have you ever went back in your life and looked at times when you asked the Lord to help you? I'm talking about one of them times when you were praying and you truly believed. Because in James chapter 1, it says, you don't go to the Lord, pray, pray. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And when he goes and prays to the Lord, he shouldn't think he's going to accept anything because he's praying with a doubting mind. So if you think about one of those times when you prayed to the Lord and you truly believed and God worked it out. Now, think about one of those times. Now go check it out. And then what I'm talking about now is looking back, see, because there's sometimes we can't see what God is doing until we come through it and look back on it. Huh? His provisions work like that, right? He's provided so you can't see it when you're going through it, but you look back and you say, Lord, as, they, as the old folks would say, my soul look back and wonder, how I got Now, how do I get, how do I, how do I make it through this? You sit down sometime, instead of worrying about the next issue and being caught up in the present issue, sit back, sit down sometime and look back and then look how God connected the dots and brought you through. Huh? That ought to build your faith. And see, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? See, see, see another thing. See, in John chapter six, you'll see when they went down to the when they went down to the lake, 
and they all got in a boat together. I told you now, water represents reflective moments. But also the gathering of water can also represent not only contemplative times, but the gathering of power. It also represents the gathering of intelligence and knowledge. So when they got together in that boat and seeing Jesus got in that boat, because when you see the boat in scripture, boat represents life. See, that was your life, your soul. And when Jesus was on, he was protecting them, they protecting their soul, the captain of their soul. You see that? And see, the people, they heard about it, they, they see, because they, they came looking for Jesus. And they had heard that Jesus had gotten a boat with his disciples and had floated off. Guess what? They got in boats and went looking too. So what does that tell you? It tells you that people are looking to see Jesus. They're coming to see Jesus. But you know what they're looking for him? They're looking for him in the lives of his followers. That makes sense to anybody? Ask yourself the question, have I been showing Jesus in my life? Have I been showing those who are seeking power? People, I guarantee if you think about it, you have all kinds of people around you who are impotent, who are powerless, and they are seeking power. And see, they're looking at you trying to find the power. Now the question is, are you reflecting the power? So no, 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 we go back here over to John 4. Yeah, come on, I'm not going to hold y'all off. I got you, I got Because y'all already got that look, see? I thought I would give y'all a break by not giving the first five minutes, folks, a little short minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now look here. It says, now they're blind, halt, they're waiting for the moving of the water. So now they've been called in because they heard about Jesus. They heard the word, right? But now they're looking for the moving of the water. In scripture, water also represents the word. See, they're waiting, they're waiting for something. There are people who are suffering, bad attitudes, bad situations, in tight situations, they're stubborn and all kinds of things, and they're waiting for the moving of the water. They, oh, I've come to the word, now what will the word do? Well, they're waiting to hear about what the word will do from you. Huh? So then, now look here, look here. So then it says here, for, for an angel, now we don't know if the angel could be seen or not. But we know in scripture that an angel represents a messenger. Right? And he goes down there uh, to a certain season in the pool. Now, now these waters, see, they had certain therapeutic, it had certain therapeutic properties. Right? And see, we know something about the word. I told you the water also represents the word. But you know the word has certain therapeutic properties, don't you? I just told you because we read in John chapter 4 how he just said your son is healed and his word healed him. Mm -hmm. And we know Jesus was the embodiment of the word and wherever he went, folks were healed. Mm -hmm. Right? And see, there's certain seasons when water, uh, there's certain seasons when these pools and springs would be a little more uh, 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 medicated. You see? So now, now they came down to a certain season. Now what does that mean? There are certain times huh, when God will send a message, even a messenger, and he will trouble the water. You're having a reflective moment, you're thinking. But then this message, this messenger, preaches a message that troubles your life. It troubles your life. God will allow things to happen that will stir up your life. Right? And remember, see, now the thing to do is not to look and say, let me run. It's like, hold up. Let me look close. Huh? I got folks right now who will not talk to me face to face. 
When I go to talk to him, you ain't, you ain't looking in my eye. My eyes tell too much, I can't talk to you. And I'm not talking about no mystical, magical stuff. But you know the Bible, but the point is, you know how they say eyes and windows to the soul? Sometimes if you stop talking long enough and listen a little more and look a little closer, you'll see a person will tell you all that you need to know. And they'll tell you all that they need to know for you to help them. But see, you've got to listen humbly. Sometimes we come in with all the answers already. No, you've got to come in listening, looking, paying attention. Don't come in what you need to do and what you need. Y'all don't come up. Y'all you know, come in what you need to do, what you need to do. Huh? People come in your house like, look at this. What you need to do? You know what I have to do? You know what? Mm. I'm gonna leave it there. Mm. And put some more stuff on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, telling me what I need to do. And you say, well, Josh, that's foolish. You're making your house junkier. You rock. That's what foolish pride will do for you. You get stubborn, want to stick, and make a bigger mess. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about? That what they were saying was true. Yes, I do need to. But there's a way to stay. Huh? Could have came in like, you know, how about we fold me fold? You want me to sweep that phone like, can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I help you with the dishes? See, see, it's not you, it's us. So can I, you know? But some of us are so stubborn, we'll still even look through the person trying to be kind and be like, so what you trying to say? I feel like you're trying to say something. You know what they're saying, this. But they want to help you. So don't be afraid of the help. Don't get prideful. Guess what? Be thankful that the help has come. Because you were so overwhelmed by this mess that you couldn't do a thing with it. So then the Lord sent a message in a message. And said, there's some, there's some stuff that I won't clean up. And I know you don't have the strength to do it. I know you don't have the know-how. And I know you don't have the willpower. Therefore, I've sent somebody to help you. Huh? That's what we got to be honest. Be reflective. See, that pool is reflective. And see, when that message comes, it'll trouble your water. And see, when it starts to stir you up, see, it starts to stir you up. Now, look at what they did. Now, look, it says, for an angel came and he stirred up the pool. Right? And a certain man was there which had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying, he knew that he had not, had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, Will thou be made whole? Then the man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another stepeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise and take up thy bed and walk. Listen here. What is it saying here? He said, Look, you got a lot of these a lot of these man-made religions out here, right? Mm. And a lot of these man-made religions are saying, if you want to be made whole, go give this to the pastor. Mm. If you want to be made whole, get a prayer cloth from Reverend I, I mean, the bishop. You know, get, get, go to the camp meeting, let the bishop pray over you. Go to the, go, 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 go let them say some special words and let, let them, see, because the only way you can get cleaned up is by going through them. But scriptures, he said, you don't need no man for that. And it's about three or four different meanings when I say it. You don't need no man to make you whole. There's but one man you need. 
and his name is Jesus. See, if you don't get him, if you don't get Jesus, no other man, no one is going to make a difference. Because the hole that's left in your life by the impotence of sin is too great for any man or woman to fill. And there's nothing on the face of this earth that can fill that void but Jesus. Right? So now, so, 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 so look, look, you done heard the message, right? And it's done stirred you up. And it's got you being reflective. So then the question is, what you going to do? You going to get up and run? Or you going to step in the pool? Huh? Now those who didn't use excuses, guess what they did? They got up and they got in the pool. Right? The question you got to ask sometimes, sometimes you're trying to help people, right? But see, people sometimes they won't be helped until they get tired of doing what they do. They got to get tired of it, right? They got to get tired of it. They got to stop finding something good in it. They got to stop. See, you can say all you want to say, but until they stop finding something good in it and get tired of it, they won't separate themselves from it. This man had been in it for 38 years. Now, this man could be 48. We don't know. But he's been in this situation for 30 years. And never take a chance to get up and get out of that mess. He's been hearing the word. But the question is, did he believe the word? See, because you got to hear it. Then you got to believe it. Because Hebrews 11, uh, verse 6 says that, that, that anybody who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a, water, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So now it's not enough just to say Jesus is Lord. You've got to believe it and trust him. Okay. you got to trust him. So for all we know, and for all you know, the other thing is keeping you crippled in that place in your life. A lack of trust. Because you won't trust anybody beyond yourself. All you trust is you. And how many times have you failed you? Huh? Oh, all you trust is people like you. But how many times have people like you failed you? Used you? Abused you? Broke you? Disrespected you? How many times have they done it? So if you can, tr if you can trust them, huh? And you can trust that joker in the mirror. Why can't you trust the Lord who loved you enough to die? Because you can't find another one who's done that. And I'll preach that to the day I die, and I'll say it over and over again, because it never gets old to me. You can read about it in Romans chapter 5 and Romans chapter 6. So look at here. This man has been laying down, and he asked the question, do you want to be made whole? Church, look at the things in your life that are rendering you impotent right now. Look at the things that are crippling you right now. Your own self-doubt. See, it's a problem if you got self-doubt anyway because you ain't got no business to trust in yourself. You ought to be trusting the Lord. Look at the things that are crippling you. Your bad temper, your hard head, your pridefulness, all these kind of things, your envy, your pettiness. Look at all those things that are hindering you right now. And Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? Now, when he says whole, he's not talking about half whole. He's talking about, I can get rid of all that. See, see, you ever, you ever heard somebody complaining, complaining about stuff? And you'd be like, well, come on. And they'd be like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You ain't had that experience? Somebody just complaining, complaining, complaining. You'd be like, well, come on, let's go get it. Well, no, 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 no. I, I was just saying. 
So what that tell you, you know what that tell you? That tell you they ain't ready. They ain't ready. And don't you waste your time trying to make them ready. Because you can't make them ready. That's between them and the Lord. They ain't ready to get better. They ain't ready to get right. They ain't ready to walk free. They ain't ready to stand on the power. They still trying to stand on their own power. Question is, do you want to be made whole? Every time a message is preached, the same question is asked. Do you want to be made whole? Because I've got the power to make you whole. Right? Now, when you come up, now, how do you respond to Jesus? Do you respond to Jesus in action, or do you respond with the, to Jesus with an excuse? Because as long as you keep giving that excuse, you'll stay right where you are. Lay it down. But Jesus said, you know what? Right. He said, get up. Take your bed. So I want you to see something. When he said, get up, he said, guess what? You're not perfect. If you trust my word, I, I, I make those. See, and we talked about this before. You know, when you've been, on your, been laying down for 38 years, you know what happens to your legs? The muscles get the atrophy. They draw up. His legs were probably like noodles. They couldn't move. But something about the power restored his muscles and strengthened his bones. As my mom would say, strengthen your knees. Uh, strengthen your knees. It says that in Hebrews chapter 12. When you're being disciplined, don't think that God doesn't love you. God loves you. That's why he's trying to drive that foolishness out your life. So don't cry about being disciplined. Strengthen your knees. And stand up like somebody loves you. Somebody, he's disciplining you because he, you're legitimately his child. If he didn't love you, you'd be illegitimate. Huh? Strengthen your knees and walk. And then he says, well, let me show you the kind of power I've given you. The kind of power I've given you with this word, you're now so strong that you can take up your bed of affliction. Now, your bed of affliction no longer has power over you. You have power over it. Anybody ready to take, take control of their depression? Anybody ready to take control of that? Take control of that by hope. Take control of that anxiety issue? Yes, you can do it. Because see, then, then you can stop defining yourself by your ailment and say you're a child of God that just happens to have an ailment. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That means, you know what? That means start doing some stuff. That means start doing stuff that's, that's going to help you get better. That means while you're laying up there, get up and, and, and walk. You know what? Because the longer you lay, the worse your health becomes. And when your health becomes worse, the worse you feel. And the worse you feel, the longer you're in that bed. Get up and walk. And I don't care if you get up and walk from one side of the room to the other. That's a start. Uh, you walk from one side. I'm not laying in this bed all day. I'm not sitting in this house all day. I'm not going to sit in the house of depression and, 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 and thinking I'm all out of control. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm not going to go trying to get some kind of fake, phony, self-medicated way to fix myself. Because that stuff is fake and it doesn't work. I don't care if they do legalize it. <coughs> point is, point is. The point is, you see, you get up and walk across the room. And see, after you do that, walk across the room from the, from, 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 from the couch to the bed. Now, next thing you do, take a step out of that room. Walk from the bed, if you got to, 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 to the bathroom. Because I want you to shower. 
about depression. He said, one of the symptoms of depression, people don't shower for that. I said, well, I must not have that. Because <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I got to watch. Now, come on. Now, I'm going to lay back down, but I got to come on. <laughs> huh? Sitting in that room, can't stand yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, it's you, fool. <laughs> would make you happy. Walk <laughs> right? back to the bed, okay? Next thing you do, you walk past the bathroom, walk past the kitchen, walk into the living room. See, living room where people do some living. Walk out there and live a little bit. Huh? Is that all right? Turn it, don't watch, turn, take the TV out of the bedroom, put it in the living room so you gotta go out there and watch it. <laughs> Does that not make sense? Every time you're getting a little farther and you're taking control of that which you've allowed to take control of you. Jesus gave you that power. I'm going to tell you, see, because about a, about a year ago, about a year ago, at the end of this month, I had that back surgery. I had that back surgery. And when I came out of there, I couldn't walk. Yo, I couldn't walk. They said, you're going to be in the bed this long. I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I was in the hospital for four days, but while I was in the hospital, I already had to start walking. I said, no, send the nurses in here. I want to start my rehab now. I want to start walking now. I don't want to lay up. I want to start moving now. See? And let me show you faith, see? Because when they said you're going to start walking, they sent these two women in there about the height of Sister Carter. Yeah. Just as little. You put them both together, you might have got 75 pounds. <laughs> and they come in there with this strap. I was like, hold on, hold on, this ain't that type of party. What's going on? <laughs> they gonna beat me down the hall? <laughs> they came in just happy, like, okay, where are your rehab people? I said, and who else? <laughs> they said, it's just us. We're stronger than you think. <laughs> I said, I don't know. <laughs> This 265 some odd pounds. Mm -hmm. I said, if I go, y'all go on with me. <laughs> huh? I don't want y'all to. They said, no, we'll just put this in, and, we'll, and we'll pull you right back up. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. See, when I realized that I needed to walk and I had to walk, I stopped looking at their size mm -hmm. and their height. Bible says, look beyond the hills. Mm -hmm. From whence cometh your help? Your help cometh. From the Lord. So it didn't matter how little they were. I looked past them and realized this was God who said, You've got to get up, son. And it's going to be me who holds you up, son. And I'm going to walk you across that room. I'm going to walk you down that hallway. And I'm going to walk you right on out of here. Is that right? That's what I'm talking about. Huh? Now, little did I know that once I got to walking and I stepped out of the back injury. I stepped right into the congestive heart failure. Mm. But that's all right. Mm. Because my father is faithful. Amen. He said, you won't define yourself by a back issue. 
you won't define yourself by failing because I, I says, I the Lord, I have chosen you. I will uphold you. You will go everywhere I send you. You will speak up, and when you speak up, the word will tear down. And where there's been torn down, the word will build up. That's what he said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1. See, does that make sense? So then, that, so then the question is, do you want to be made whole? Or do you want to just lie in that old foolishness, lie in that stuff you've been lying in on, wallowing in, and not getting any better? Only getting worse, right? Huh? Let me hurry up. Let me, Cheyenne, I got to hurry up because people are getting antsy. So the thing is, um, so then look at here. He says this here. I want you to look. He says, he says, rise and take your bed. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And, and on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. Uh, it is the Sabbath. Is, the, is, is it the Sabbath day? Is it not lawful for thee to carry thy bed? He answered and said, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then, and then asked they him, what man is it that said unto thee, take off the bed and walk? And he said, and he that was healed was not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus find him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. See, being whole is getting rid of sin. Sin no more. Whatever that was, do it no more. Lest worse things come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Y'all see that? And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Huh? But see, we know that the Lord worked six days and rested on the Sabbath. And see, he was always talking about, you wasn't going to keep, see, those folks who tell you to keep the Sabbath, go to worship on Saturday. See, they ignore the fact, they ignore the fact that, that that old law was nailed to the cross. And that, that there was another day beyond Saturday that God meant for folk to rest. And on that day, he said, you rest and think about me. What day was that? Sunday. What day did Jesus get up? Sunday. What day did they come to worship and accept it to? Sunday. What day did they have the Lord's Supper? Sunday. And they keep representing that. They represent the day that they were made home. They keep commemorating the day that they were laid home. T tell him, Sister Bro, you go ahead and tell him. He can't lay up on his foot. He got to get up now. I, I know his foot hurt. I know it's swollen. He got to get up at some point now. Ain't no excuse. Too much walking and working to do. Huh? Do y'all see that? So look at it. And then what I want you to see there. Now, here's what's going to happen, Cyan. Here's what's going to happen, Q. Here's what's going to happen, Tiberius. When you get past that thing, and now you're carrying that thing, you define it. He said, take up your cross and follow me. That cross is some of the afflictions and things that are happening in your life. Take it up and follow me anyhow, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's going to be some people who are going to rush out and say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, that's not possible. Oh, how'd you get free? And you got to respond in the way this man is. Listen, listen, listen. The one who set me free told me to walk. And I'm going to listen to the one who set me free. Amen. Not the ones who want to keep me enslaved. What did Peter say when they let him out of jail? They said, we told you to quit preaching about this Jesus, didn't we? We told you to quit preaching about this Jesus, but his name is all over the place. He said, listen here, listen here, listen here. I was with him when he was baptized. I was with him when he healed people here and there. He healed my own mother. 
I am a, my own mother-in-law, he he. I've seen him do too much and I can't deny him. Now you choose for yourself who you gonna listen to. But it, you choose for yourself what is right. But we know that it is best to obey God rather than man. Keep on listening to man and you'll stay locked up, locked away, locked down. Keep listening to man. The first man I'm talking about is yourself. Keep listening to your old foolish self. Huh? Keep those negative thoughts in your mind. Keep telling you yourself you can't. I can't. I won't. I haven't. I ain't been. I don't know how. Keep telling yourself that and never asking God. God says in James 1 that those who ask, he'll give you wisdom freely. See, it doesn't get better, see, until you hear him and that you believe him. Now, when you believe him, see, that means you get up. I don't need no man. You're going to get up and you're going to get in that water, right? Right? And guess what? When you get up, you're going to leave your crippled condition. See, Jesus said something about, see, there, see, Jesus said something about, you know, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Bible says something like unless, he said, and it was time when God went to man's ignorance, but now he commanded men everywhere to repent. And see, repent means to turn away from your former state. So he got up out of his crippled state so he could make, be made whole. Are you ready to turn away from your crippled state and be made whole? Huh? Because Jesus went to the cross to provide a way for you to be made whole. Because y'all know when he was on the cross, right? They didn't break his legs. They pierced him inside. That blood and water came out. Why did blood and water come out? They couldn't break his legs. Because it said all the way back there in the Exodus that this, this, this lamb that was going to be sacrificed for you. See, there was a lamb that you got to get on the 10th day. A lamb you got to watch to the 14th day. A lamb you couldn't kill to the 17th day. And then you had to take that pure blood and put it over the top. You had to put it over the top of your lentil. And the death angel, when he passed over, you would be saved. See? Coming all the way to the New Testament, see, you say, well, how, 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 how do I get, I'm not a Hebrew, how do I get covered in that blood? You get covered in that blood by going down to that water. Amen. Romans chapter 6 said, when you were baptized, you were baptized into his death. And see, you were dipped into that blood, and that blood covers your soul. And so when spiritual death comes, it'll pass you over. See, I was engrafted into the body of Christ because the blood washed me and adopted me. And that word was engrafted into me. So when you get up out of your crippled state, whatever way you're thinking, and it's stinking thinking, get up out of it and then get in the water. Right? Jesus said, it, on Acts chapter 2, this is the same thing happened in Acts chapter 2, don't y'all know that? Oh, come on, y'all stop yawning and at least look over there. In Acts chapter 2, it said, all these people came down. Stop yawning and at least look. Look next. And if you get over there in Acts chapter 2, all these people came down there to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, on the day of Pentecost. They were called by the word. They were waiting for the troubling of the water. Peter got up and he spoke. He stirred up their water. They said, men and brethren, what must we do? He said, listen, all of you, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You want the blood? You got to get up. You got to repent. You got to walk away. Come down here and be baptized. See, your bishop, your pastor said you didn't have to. They lied. Because if they tell you all you got to do is believe and, and you'll be saved, then you left with a whole lot of extra, you got dirty sick, you got a whole dirty life still following you because you never met the blood of the washing way. You say, but the pastor said I can say the prayer today and get baptized next week. But that's not what the Bible said. So if you do what the pastor said, you're still lost. But if you do what Jesus said, you can be saved. Ain't no prayer, you don't need no prayer cloth around here. 
Huh? You don't need to wear, you don't need, you don't need to wear uh, 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 dresses up to here or down to your act. You ain't got to do that around here. Mm. Now, 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 you do need to be modest. Amen. Okay. Amen. No low cuts and shrink wrap shirts, man. Mm. <laughs> but it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't all that stuff that man makes up. See? See? You ain't got to foot wash around here. Ain't you glad about that? You ain't got to wash nobody's feet. God, Jesus didn't demand, didn't command nobody to wash no feet. But he used it to say you ought to be willing to serve one another. And I'm glad we don't have to wash each other. Have you seen some of the feet around here? Oh, got toes going east and west. So you don't know that. And I, I ain't talking about nobody. I'm talking about myself. I'm an athlete. My feet are mangled. So I'm just telling you. See, the thing is, all he wants you to do is come forth hearing his word. Looking at your crippled condition. Say, you want to be whole. Lord, I was made. See, because that pool also represents two things. It represents the, the intelligence that you've gotten from, 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 from the proper doctrine, truth doctrine. But it also represents the trouble that comes from when you gather too much evil teaching. And you say, you know what, I'm, rather, I'm ready to walk away from the evil teaching, the man-made teaching, because it's making me powerless. I'm ready to walk away from that, and I want to come to Jesus. And Jesus says, come on, I will wash you clean and make you whole, and you'll be added to my body, which is the church, the church of Christ. It has his name because it was bought with his own blood. There's only one church and one way to be saved because there was just one Jesus. When you go into this water, you are added to Jesus, and thereby added to his church. And you become a living, breathing. You're not a, just a member of this place that was founded by Reverend and his son and his uncle and them. Mm -hmm. That thing, God didn't plant that. And, God, and Jesus said, every, every plant, every, every plant that my father didn't plant will be uprooted. Amen. Huh? So you can go on over there. Mm -hmm. Huh? And try to find you a new birth and the birth ain't new at all. You got to be born in Jesus. You can go on over there and try to find one of these places called for. The first church was found in Acts chapter 2 and was established in AD 33. Amen. Anything established after that was too late to save a single solitary soul. And I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just talking about what the Bible says. And I'm telling you that Jesus wants your soul right now. Won't you come to him? Let him save you. Because you gotta come. You gotta believe. He'll be baptized when you go down in this water. All the blood, all, all the sin will be washed away. When you come up, you'll be made new. All sin washed away. The Holy Spirit placed in you, and you'll come up and you'll be raised to walk in the newness of life. And walk is important. And understand this if they told you the Holy Spirit makes you do all that other crazy stuff, they lied too. Because the Holy Spirit only leads you in deeper understanding of God's will. It's a peace of God that is placed in you. It's not there to put on a show. It's there to help you understand it, draw closer. It's a deposit, and he promises, um, if you stay faithful, I'm going to come back and get you. Amen. And take you on the glory. Because, you know, Jesus is not going to come back and set up a kingdom on earth. The Bible says they're going to meet him in the air. His foot not even going to touch the ground. So don't listen to folks when they tell you about rapture. So don't you want to be a part of the body of Christ? which is his church, the church of Christ, and be a Christian only with no denominational tag. Denomination ain't even in the book. Get rid of your denominational tags because if you have a denominational tag, you don't want Jesus' tag. It's not enough room for your denominational tag in Jesus' name. See, you, 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 can't belong, you can't belong to the Methodist in Jesus. 
Catholics and Jesus, Pentecostals and Jesus. You've got to only belong to Jesus. Huh? The bride. Huh? The bride and spirit say, come. Don't you want to be a child of his? Jesus said, in your state where you are, you know what you're going through. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. Jesus said, are you ready to be made whole? Then come on and be made whole. And see, that's not just for people outside his body. That's for Christians inside the body. Christians who are letting themselves be overcome by bipolar, be overcome by bad relationships, be overcome by, by, by depression, be overcome by, by lack of focus, uh, uh, anxious, anxious and all, all these kind of things you let get in your way that don't even belong to the Lord. Fear. He said, no, you need to repent of that because as long as you keep that in your life, you can't be saved. So won't you come to the Lord? He's calling. Does anybody want to be a Christian? Does anybody want to start new today? I mean, right now. Right now. Change your life. Let Christ change your life. Uh, Christians, you know that if you haven't been living in the way you ought to live, you ought to repent of that in your prayers daily. Huh? And ask the church to pray with you. We will. And we're going to walk with you every step of the way. And the Lord is called. He's, and guess what? This is not an altar call because the Lord's church don't have an altar call. No, this is just letting you know that you can become a part of the body at any time of day or night. Because the and, and I can't open the see I can't open the doors of the church because they were opened by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if I can't open the doors of the church, let me just follow that I can't close them either. Amen. We open twenty four hours a day, one church, many locations. Don't you want to be a Christian? Come on, come on to the Lord. Come on to the Lord now while we stand and sing.